everyone. It's Jessica Curson. Well, of course it is. Who else would it be? I, I don't even know why I'm introducing myself. I am so excited about this podcast. I mean, sometimes I don't feel like recording it. I really don't because I can't, I can't stand listening to my own voice, but I'm so glad that I went and I did it. It's like the gym. Like the last thing I want to do is go to the gym. But when I go, I feel so much better. I don't actually exercise. I just sit on the side and watch people. But I feel so much better that they're taking care of themselves. I wonder how I would feel if I actually did something. The elictable, the elictable, the elict, what is it called? The elliptical. I am so fucking lazy that I don't even know how to say the word. That's how, that's how disconnected I am to working out that I called it an elliptical. I hate the elliptical. I don't understand how people can do it. A lot of people do it. I feel like it's so hard. People say it's, why am I even talking about this? I, the, I have a gym downstairs in my building and I basically wish I had a jazzy or a wheelchair to take me to the elevator. That's how lazy I, and don't get upset when I say wheelchair. I don't mean, I'm not making fun of people who are in wheelchairs. Sometimes I'm just tired. I've done a lot of cruises over the years, and there are some people who do not have a physical problem. They're heavy and they're tired. And they jump into a wheelchair, and they go right to the buffet, and they take 17 pounds of bacon. People eat more bacon on cruises. It is the most unbelievable. And they put white toast underneath the bacon, and you see that all the oil from the bacon goes into the white toast. I'm talking out of my ass. Where did that expression come from, talking out? I mean, it is, it it seems like it would be a very stupid place to talk out of. But I wonder if anyone ever has talked out of their ass. Like, hey, come over here. My name is Asshole. Like, it wouldn't be a normal voice. Like, hi, I'm an asshole, and I'd love to get together. I think some, like, maybe, I think Asian women, some of them might have, like, hello. Because they're so, I can't picture a petite Asian woman who is so skinny and gentle and shy. I know this is going to sound horrible, but I wonder if they ever make like a load, like an angry fucking like blow up the toilet load. I can't, I'm serious. I can't see it. Like, oh, this is, I don't feel good. And then they go, like it's. The most powerful I ever feel is when I do that. It's just a fuck you to the world. It's such a good feeling, especially when you eat shit a lot. I don't, I mean, not shit. People think I'm joking, but I would end up in a mental institution if I ate shit. But then there's people, you see them and you're like, oh, they'll really blow it out their ass because you know that they're angry, they're unashamed. Like, I, I see women sometimes and I'm like, have you even, have you even gone number two in years Like, they're so, like, oh, my God, this is, like, those are the girls that are in the audience. Like, it's just, she's a lot. Like, I just feel like this is a lot. (sighs) Oh, my God, I can't wait to go home and get my juice together for the morning. Like, and just, and I'm going to watch the Kardashians and just, I raised my Wellbutrin recently, and it's supposed to make you more hyper, and I think that's what's happening. Because the stuff I just talked about is so insane. 
if anyone just listened to this, they would, if you didn't follow me or know what I'm about, you'd think I was out of my mind. Whatever, who gives a shit? Just please follow me at Jessica Kirsten on Twitter. JessicaKirsten.com is my website. At Jesse Kirsten on Instagram. And follow the Relatively Sane podcast everywhere. It's all over everything. It's really, it's a disease that's spreading. I also have a Patreon now. This is this is very exciting for me because, number one, I've been putting out videos for many years and have not made a fucking dollar. So if anyone deserves you to give a little money to, and I'm going to be, I'm going to be, I don't care. Like some people are like, I, I feel embarrassed. I'm not embarrassed. You can give a dollar. You can give $2, $3, $5. Someone started giving me $20 a month to put out content. This is the greatest thing because it's Patreon dot com slash Jessica Kirsten and you can get live Q and A's with me, which I have not been doing, which I will do with people who go on the Patreon. You can get my podcast four to five days early, which is a big deal. You can get it ad free. You don't have to listen to the ads and I'll be putting out specific like audio and video just for you guys, just for you. No one else is going to see it anywhere. So join my Patreon, please. Please, for the love of God, I'm supporting four children. It's just been really hard, so I'm begging you. I'm, I'm not crying. I'm, I never cry. It's why I'm heavy. I hold everything in. I'm going to end on that because I have to go eat. But um, you guys have been great. Thank you so much for listening to me and supporting me. I am so excited for my guest today. He is brilliant. Please welcome Big Jay Okerson. I am so excited for my guest today. This sounds like I have a TV show, but it's a, <laughs> it's a Take care of yourselves on each other. <laughs> no, you're, my guest today is one of my favorite people. He is by far one of my favorite comics. He's my sister's favorite, favorite comic. Really? She's seen, I can't even tell you how many people. She's like, I love that Big J. From Bonfire Legion of Skanks, everyone, please welcome Big J Okerson. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, for you so me. much for coming and being. I really didn't think you would come be a guest. Why? I don't know. Do you go sitting like, in my perch? Do you <laughs> do you do a lot of podcasts? Yeah, I do a decent amount of podcasts. I don't do a lot on the road. Those are the hard ones. When someone comes to a Thursday oh, show, and they're like, "I have a show I do here." And they always undersell themselves, which is the funniest thing out of the gates. Well, like, I know. I know. you. <laughs> they make you feel bad. Like, I know you think I'm not shit and I'm just some <laughs> jerk off from wherever, you know, Indianapolis. And you you're like, I'm you are. You just some scumbag piece of shit. And then right. you have to sit there and go, no, man, I don't think that. I don't. Yeah. You seem like a nice enough guy. And they're like, cool. I do a podcast and it'll be really cool if you can. Yeah. Can, uh, I mean, lately I've been looking them up and then there's like 62 followers and I'm like, I can't do it. I can barely get to the show. It's always going to be that. I mean, if they come to you sometimes. I've done them like where they go, we do it in the green room, like in between shows or something. I'm like, sure. I'm not going to be doing anything anyway if you're waiting for an hour in between the show. I, I can't do that. I get anxious. I do too. But, uh, but in the city though, like, for people's podcasts, yeah, I always come to them, for sure, if I can. Do you get anxious about your show? Like, I'm curious to ask you this, because mm -hmm. I was just, we were just talking, I was just in Minneapolis, and I was anxious. Like, I'd never done the club before, but just knowing I had to do five or six hours of material, I was just, I get very overwhelmed by that. Yeah. Um, do you get the same way? Uh, you know, for the longest time, I didn't, like, get nervous. I mean, I used to get really nervous before I went on stage, obviously. I think we all did up front. 
And then I'd say for years, I was never nervous at all, but mm-hmm. late over the last like year, or a little less even, like almost every show I go on, just, you know, when you're on deck, mm-hmm. we were like, I hope maybe someone will shoot a gun into the ceiling and we have to end this whole thing. <laughs> I like, thought you were going to say maybe someone will shoot, shoot you. <laughs> no, I don't, it's not me. I don't. It's not a death wish for me. I'm just like, maybe this whole thing will just fall apart and they can't. Yeah, I, I always I always hope for a snowstorm or a fire, like something. something yeah, yeah. I'm gonna light, lighten this weekend. I mean, why do you think that it's changed? Not, it's not not liking doing it. when I'm doing it. It's the best thing in the world. You know, when I'm on stage, I'm never on stage thinking like, let me get the hell out of here. Yeah. But before I go on, I'm st- I already get that like, man, how long is this gonna be? I know like, I'm like the such same cl- way. And, and by the way, it's nothing about the audience. Right? It's me. I'm like, nobody wants to listen to me talk for f- an hour. Straight, I know. You know what I mean? I'm just, it's like, how, Do you think part of it is how that? How bored are these people going to get? Also, when you have, when you start getting like fans. I was just going to say that. I Do don't have, have fans on a, you know, a pop star level where it's all just faceless, nameless people. Yeah. Like I know them, and then, which is the sweetest thing in the world, they do, but the, they come to multiple shows and make that very aware. I know. Like, I have like that I'm too. here, and then. You know, yeah. the next show, like, sort of in the same seats even, you're, which also throws me on. If I do tell a joke, which I already hate doing because I'm like, they've heard this joke last show. I know. I'm also like, am I telling it for the second time on this show? Because I'm just so used to seeing those shirts that I'm saying <laughs> yeah, it to. They, do you know what they I mean? Never, <laughs> they wear the same clothes every day. <laughs> That's what Which is like back-to-back shows will come. They'll come to, like, Friday early and late. I, I've, I have that, too. Like to, I is, think you and the, I it's have... It's the s- highest compliment. I know. Yeah, you have that, which is really, I always say, like, one of the biggest things with being a successful comic is is having the kind of thing where people want to be friends with you and wish you could, like, come to their house after. Yeah, yeah. Or they remind you of their best friend or you're their brother. Like, you totally have that. I said Fenoya made, like, a correlation to it that I always appreciated what he means. Like, you know, it's like, I'm clearly at this point... I mean, and Shane Gillis proved this, of all of us. Like, I'm probably not going to be NBC dad on anything mm-hmm. from the stuff we've done like comedically. But in that regard where it's like, it doesn't really matter. If you keep your couple hundred thousand people moving with you, it doesn't, who cares? No, it doesn't matter. It's all about I'd a fan base now. I'd rather do that now. than being on a set. I like acting really, so like. Right, is that your goal? Is like, what? What is it just to keep doing what you're doing and then just honestly fill up theaters and. Yeah, yeah. yeah and I mean, I, that's, that's what that's I want simply too. simply it. I would like, I love broadcasting. Mm-hmm. I love broadcasting on particularly Sirius XM because it's a uh, podcasting's great. Uh, Legion of Skanks has done worlds for me, but Bonfire, what it is about the discoverability of it, mm-hmm. being just in cars, it's a different thing. It feels much more in the business. It is. Podcasting. It it's is. Huge. It's huge. Like the fact that we have to answer to people, the fact that there's like a constant tug of war with the bosses and the people you know at the mm-hmm. higher ups at Sirius XM I've almost been fired twice <laughs> like you know why were you almost for things you said no one was so re- again it gets being out of the world of comedians and you think on radio these are like mellow people mm-hmm. but in one of our older studios where whoever sat in the chair that I sit in just left their Twitter open one day so when I sat in the chair I saw I mean not even, I mean as casual I was taking a sip of water. I just, it was open, so I went, so I guess I'm gay now. Send. And I just <laughs> tweeted out from this guy's thing. 
And then, you know, I just love that we're like four year olds. <laughs> yeah. That's, you that's what I'm saying. To be in a, in a in a problem with a company where you're like, guys, like, can we just walk right over this? Yeah, I mean, who it's, cares? It's not in the world. This is not a problem. Like now it makes me feel like a child because you're like, this is not a big deal. Yeah. And you're like, I'm being reprimanded. You kind of have to, to some degree, eat it. But when I did that, I forget it was in our studio. I think Andy Fiore goes, oh, I actually think the guy who sits there is actually gay. And then oh, so I was well, like, so oh. Yeah. So I went back and I wrote, I go, never mind. Turns out I'm already gay. <laughs> <laughs> it was such a fleeting passing thing. We went on air two minutes later, and it never even came up, which I would have. If I thought of it, I would have yeah, said Yeah, if you I thought it was this. a big deal. I would have even been like, who? Not even not if I thought it was a big deal. If I just would have thought of it in the moment, I would have been like, who is it that sits here? Like, yeah. I would have said his name and been like, I was like, is he gay? I would have went through a whole thing with it. Thank God it didn't go there, I yeah. guess, because that guy like got really upset about and went again like I don't understand the thing with radio we've had this with uh, John Fugel saying too on that goddamn network that poon he's another one like we do like radio shit with them and then they go to HR I'm like what are you doing man you have a radio show also like come at us with it I never understood that yeah I know like the, things are weird but people now. aren't it's... like not everyone has that mindset of just like it's just stupid funny shit like let's yeah. get past it and then, yeah, Fugelsang went to HR about us, too. Well, For people... Our, he got our fans. He goes, you're Trump supporter fans. I go, like, how do we... I don't know if your fans are... Fi- I don't even think... I mean, How could I possibly the, know that at all? I have no idea. What yeah, they, first I, my, of all... My guess the, would be if they fall in line with me is they're, they're not even semi-political. Right. But I hope he's out of office way more so that people just stop talking about it. Yeah. Like, I don't... Doesn't matter to me that he is the press. I don't care. You're just not political. I just don't. That, yeah, I don't pay yeah. attention. When I hear his things, you're like, oh yeah, this guy sucks. But I can't think of a president. I'm 42 now, so the last couple should have like, had some impact on what people want you to care about it for. But I've got to say, I, nothing has been different in my life except for right. positive or negative movement based off of me, the business, the industry stuff. Yeah, it's never been based off of the policies of a president. Ever. Yeah, so it's I like mean, I've never, it's never really affected my life. I think the way that, and this isn't a political thing supporting him or not, but I think the way that he's spoken on Twitter has caused a lot of uproar on both sides. I think it's made <laughs> it a lot worse in a lot of ways when it comes to speech and because he says the craziest shit. Yeah, he's um, bananas. And then, like I said, I, I think that's, like, you know, everybody being so angry about him and him still winning the presidency is what start, stoked all like the Me Too and all that stuff, mm-hmm. which... When like you're like oh well the good of that I guess is like a Harvey Weinstein goes away like that right. guy's a there's monster. Right, g- there's good. That's and what I'm saying. And then he paid it's, his way. That's. Yeah. I just found that out yesterday. Is that what it happened? When's what that? happened? He that paid, what? He, he reached settlement. He did. He that's reached an enormous, se- enormous. So what? I know. I, I, I know. Is it good for I guess the victims to get some money? But I mean. Well, I don't know what happens. He Does should he not it, go to jail now. He should, I, they, they should have sued him civilly after they try to get. A, I think he doesn't go to jail now. I think that's it. Yeah, I don't know. Said, you know. I don't no know. No one's pressing charges anymore. That's fucking I was crazy. hoping he would get severely raped anally. Yeah. Like, that was really my... was I, sandpaper. I watched that Hulu documentary they did on him, which was like, just definitively, you're like, there's not even like a mm-hmm. question. This guy's a monster. And yeah, he just bought his way out. That's crazy. That's so bizarre. I know. Though. It's really... I don't know. I, I have to That's learn gotta more about it. That's got to be frustrating for people. I can right. see that being like... I'm I'm very big on justice. <laughs> I yeah. really believe in just in fight. I get so talk about anxiety. Yeah. How man? I'm becoming an old man. I can't believe how many 25 million. Yeah, that's how much you set up for total. 
I mean, now when I see people like uh, like kids, I live in the East Village, mm-hmm. Santa Con days like that, just people that go like kick over the trash can or dump the trash can over all over the street. It drives see, me. See, we're I'll get, very I'll, I'll, similar I'll get that way. I'll get arrested yeah. for how hard I go at that. See, are you like that? Because I'm a truth teller, so when I see anything, I say something. Well, I've had more. I hate the cops on my block, Ninth Precinct. I hope someone Molotov cocktails it. Oh it's boy, really? It's what? It, so, why they, they? They've just never helped anything. Oh, ever that I've I've brought them so many. Pro- We're on the block, right. so before I get into a physical thing that like and it's not even like I'm going to kick everybody's ass. The situations I brought were various situations. This would be easy to kick this guy's ass, but let me just bring him to the cops. Three times I've done. Oh that. wow! A guy shitting on my stoop. A guy pissing. That's not in my, a big a deal. A guy pissing in my building. Yeah. And, and all three of them. I, and, uh, and then these kids on Thanksgiving just dumped garbage all over the thing. I would freak out. I, I did. And then I, uh, before I started saying super racial stuff to try to get them to fight me, <laughs> I just went over to the cops. And the cops just did nothing again. It's, it's unbelievable. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I don't understand why they didn't do anything. I asked the anything. cops. I was like, are you afraid to talk to black people if you're not shooting them? Which That's I, really, I go at them pretty hard. Hysterical. <laughs> I was like, can you just talk to them? Like, yeah, you know, no, I'm not asking you to go shoot, shoot them. them right, just make them come fine. back and clean up the shit they just dropped. I'm not asking if you someone to shit smash on my their stoop, faces into the I ground. Would, I would freak out if someone shit on my property. Cops laughed at me and they go, it's not illegal anymore. To shit on someone's property? And I was like, well, then his dick was out in front of my girlfriend, so he showed his dick to go, talk to your mayor, bro. <laughs> That's what he said, talk to your mayor, bro. That's not illegal bro. anymore. Yeah, it's crazy. So you, I, so if I wanted to, I could shit on someone's property and whip my dick out, and I won't get in trouble. I mean, you keep it in the ninth precinct's jurisdiction. I'd say take a fucking shart right on the window. <laughs> I try to blow a projectile. Wow, they don't care. I'm going right there after this pro- uh, podcast, and I'm yeah. gonna go shit on the <laughs> the police. Dude, last year, the SantaCon was a guy pissing all over packages in my hallway. What's wrong with I people? Up, after I brought him to the cops, after I brought him to the cops, I put him through the front glass door of our building which ironically made the situation far worse but yeah for the superintendent who i was very the whole thing was me being upset about the superintendent having to deal with that right and then i smashed the front oh, door so also. You the <laughs> yeah, I, made, I made way worse <laughs> now there's glass everywhere there's shit there's pee there's did you give him an extra christmas bonus i did give an extra bonus and i was also said i would pay for an immediate whatever that would cost to have someone come out immediately and fix it. There's like 24-hour places. And I'm, he said no. Yeah. He said the building would pay for it. And he like, with a real wink and like a, that was cool of you to do that. Oh, <laughs> that's like, nice. The guy was ridiculous, yeah. Well, this is my question because I know for me, like I became the kind of person that would say something because I saw a lot of shit growing up and I always felt like I couldn't protect the people around me. Sure. So I felt powerless. So now that I'm an adult... I can't not say something. Did you feel like that? Like, did your did your parents get along? Did they argue a lot? Did like, did they, you come from what kind of home? Did you come from? My parents split when I was three. My dad split when I was three, and then just started like new families <laughs> everywhere he went for a while. But it was like, no, me and my dad weren't close growing up at all. Yeah, he took me like, like obligation wise, he took yeah. me a little bit, and then he moved to Ohio, and then it's like once a year maybe I'd see him. My step pop though came when I was ten, so that was like, a good house. But it was a very like. Not a great neighborhood, not a terrible neighborhood yet, but it wasn't. It was far from good. My mom and stepdad both worked. My mom had me young; she was yeah. nineteen. Oh so wow! She went back to college when she was twenty-nine. My grandfather oh. died. She went back to college for two years and became a respiratory therapist. And she met my stepfather. I think when she was the end of school or just started working, and my stepdad was twenty-seven. She was twenty. Yeah, so she was like twenty-nine, and he was twenty-seven. Maybe she was thirty, but. 
remember just showing up one day. So my stepfather came to our lives. You want to hear a funny story? Yeah. My, uh, I love this kind of stuff. My mom said was young when she had me. My dad left when I was three. So mm-hmm. she was young. She was a young girl with this kid, definitely in her way. And my grandparents took care of me a lot. They lived mm-hmm. right around the corner. And I was happy to be there. It was fine. And my mom would go out. On Wednesday nights was her club night. She went to a place called Carney's. Yeah, on, uh, on City Line Avenue in Philadelphia. That's such a great name. I mean, that's like the name of every. She's a doctor's office now. It's such a shithole little yeah. place. But she used to go there. And then one night, uh, I came home the next day after Carney's night with my buddy, and I get to my front door, and we lived in a duplex. So it was front door, and then one flight of steps up was one apartment, and then two more small flights was mm-hmm. our apartment, and. One of the window, there's like a nine pane, little window panes mm-hmm. door. One of them was smashed out. And it looked like there was like purple. It was dried blood is what it was. Like yeah. on the door, a trail leading up all the stairs to my uh, my apartment, which the door was kind of open on. And I remember pushing the door open. And there's my step, first time I've ever laid eyes on him. Oh, wow. My stepfather was like a weightlifter guy. That's, that was, he was like a gym rat. Yeah. Like weightlifter guy. And he... Just sitting there with like you know button down shirt undone with a tank top underneath it. It's the, all the look of the time, like pleated jeans. Yeah, I'm totally picturing smoking a Newport on our couch. And he was like, "What's up?" <laughs> I walk in with my buddy. The- no, 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 he didn't break in. So my mom then comes out and she's like, "Hi," I go. She's like, "This is Joe," and she's like, "Joe was so cool." And they told me the story immediately. I was ten or eleven years old, one of those two. My mom had gone on a date a few weeks before. My mom was Jewish, but she had a lot of weird biker friends. Yeah. Bikers and cops, my mom hung out with. Yeah. Most and, uh, Jews don't like hang out with bikers and cops. like a big, like, heavy lady with, like, faded tattoos. My mom was tiny. Yeah. Like a tiny little Jewish lady. Yeah. And uh, she was young, and she would, she went on a date with some biker guy a few weeks before. Didn't go that great, she said. She kind of, like, stopped answering his calls. And they just showed... My mom met Joe at the club that night. Oh. Brought him home, I, I guess, to fuck, probably. <laughs> and uh, while they were hanging out, the doorbell started ringing. And my mom just ignored it because it was like, actually, she's not home because she's with the guy. And then they just heard a smash. And <gasps> that biker guy come back, like, for my, wanted to see my mom and, like, s- smashed the door window open. Wow. Came up the stairs. They said just gashed his arm real bad, bleeding bad. And my step-pop... For being such a weightlifter, like lunkhead of a guy, he seemed yeah. patched him up, called the ambulance, like got him, you know, like subdued him to be like, "Hey, man, like you're hurt." You know, that's like, so not what I thought you were going to say. He didn't like kick his ass or anything. Yeah, yeah. He was just, they told me that story, and then uh, and then Joe just never left. <laughs> oh my god, I love. My mom got keep... pregnant like three months later, and then he moved in and he used to work at a GNC in a gym. But my stepfather turns out as an asterisk next to this whole story is just like a savant genius. He's really? like a speed reader, crazy, like academic. So when my mom got pregnant, he goes, as simple, he goes like, what is it you do? What did you go to school for two years? And she was like, respiratory therapy. He goes, I guess I'll just do that. I think after a year of like community college, all these great grades, like a hospital just picked him up and paid for the rest of his college. And now he's like a boss of like... That so how long thing, have yeah. they they've been together a really long time? Yeah, maybe thirty. I guess thirty-two years. Yeah, both my parents too. They both met someone and stayed with them for that long. Those ages I like seem that you so weird at my step age. Pop. Oh, Joe, it's Joe's cute. the best. Yeah, yeah. Did you like him right away, or did no. you? Yeah, I didn't either. I no, had I issues with right my away. stepfather right away. But it was brilliant. What happened was what he was doing. My stepfather, which is odd. 
odd for a stepfather to do this. I was very comfortable staying at my grandmother. My grandfather passed away. My grandmother was just like the, I just like to come down in the morning for breakfast and it was like a bowl of cereal and omelet with a happy face of ketchup. A little orange <laughs> juice. You know yeah, what I mean? Like everything yeah, was like simple. a sweet and low packet for the yeah. Rice Krispies. Not even simple, just like very regimented, like home feeling. You know what I mean? And I'd come right. from school and my grandmother Well, that's was what just, I meant. Yeah, like, And yeah. my mom's house was still like, we were broke. It was like spaghetti and butter at night. Not to paint like a sad, sad story. It wasn't like, we were never in danger of being on the streets or anything. But it's just, we had no money. Mm-hmm. And my stepfather had such like a, well, if we're a family we go through it together and he should start being here more. And like, so I didn't like, he was pulling me away from my grandmother's comfort zone and being like, Hey, come eat spaghetti and butter with us and help out with your little brother. You know, like, yeah, he wanted to be like a family unit. So I started doing that much more. And I didn't like that. And then I would probably lie and say that we were getting along shittier than we were even just because I didn't want to be there as much. It's very hard. And I did the, Dad wouldn't blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. My mom had one minute, too many of those and was like, all right, I'll send you a little bit of your dad then. And I was like, yeah, I'll go. And I think my dad heard that. He had the, how could he say no? He had the room. Do you know what I mean? He had to say yeah. yes to it. And I think my mom saw that coming. I mean, I was there for six months or less, maybe three months, three or four months. And I was and I was like, yeah, I got to go back to my mom's house. Like, this so is you awful. moved to Ohio? Yeah, for like six months. Went to school for a little bit and then came back in the That's middle of school. That's hard. It was awful. Yeah. It was so bad. Yeah. It was just that my stepmother genuinely hated me. Like, didn't like my existence at all. Because they had a family already. He had two kids with my stepmother. Yeah, that's so hard. And it was just, I was in the way. She was so happy to to get My dad and stepmom. Oh, yeah. yeah. My dad would wear T-shirts with my face on it and stand outside of comedy shows now. (laughs) He is ridiculous. He goes, oh, yeah, I went to work Do you think the other it shifted day. because you got older and it was like easier to have a relationship because you were older? No, it shifted because I got on TV or anything like that. I yeah, know. On the radio. He, t- he calls me all the time. He goes, yeah, hey, he, he does like tests underground diesel tanks for leaks is his job. It's a weird, <laughs> it's an envi- environmental job in some way. He just kind of fell into it years ago and just always did it. It's blue collar work totally. So this is like a huge uh, thing for him. Oh, yes. But Your he goes, career. He goes, I went to this gas station the other day, and I, he saw my name. He goes, hey, you know, bonfire. I love that. He's like, that's my son. Oh, he always tells, right. He, but there's still, and it's fine. Like, I let him come. He doesn't get it. He doesn't get to the joke on everything I've done on him. Is that like, me and, you know, Soder named a special son of a Gary, because both of our dad's names are Gary, and they were both the same. Same shithead with different things. I like, can't believe they're both named Gary. That, that is crazy? so interesting to me. We almost called the show Sons of Gary. Yeah. And made it like a biker gang. <laughs> I, I wondered where that name came from yeah, on yeah. his special. Son of a Gary, yeah. And it's, uh, well, that's also in relation to Son of a Sailor, Son of a Son of a Sailor. It's mm-hmm. Jimmy Buffett, which his dad was like, his dad was like a corduroy, you know, shorts, tank tops, you know, with a beard. My dad wasn't even a drinker at all. My dad was pot. And just like deadbeat dad, and just like everything you'd expect. He had a Corvette at one point. Yeah, so did like, mine. He just did those things, you know yeah. what I mean? And when like, uh, I said, my dad, I didn't smoke pot in my 20s because my dad smoked pot on a drive from Philly to Ohio one summer. He picked me up in a Corvette, his fat son. This shows how much he knew me. <laughs> some bucket seats, just uncomfortable for seven like hours. like hanging out of the car. And he was smoking <laughs> pot out the window, and I remember being like so... He picked you up and smoked pot out the window? Yeah, and it was very like a... 
I remember being just feeling like, he was like he's doing drugs. Is how it felt to me. I, I have a right. much different view on weed now, but not so much in front of your child. And, he, and I remember him giving me like a, at that age, like one of those speeches of like, you know, this is from the earth. So when I come, when you get older, and I thought you do this, then drink because this is so right. And this it's is just a the plan. thing where you're like, I don't know. It felt I hated it. So like, uh, I didn't smoke till I was like in my twenties, weed or anything like that. Which maybe that was helpful. Yeah, I'm sure it was. And my mom and them, nobody was like a drinker in my house, so I didn't really drink much underage either. It's weird. I didn't do any of those things. But now, my daughter, I have to assume at this point, from all broadcasting or stuff she's seen on stage, and my friends who can't seem to ever realize there's a, a kid around, that I smoke pot. I'm sure she was aware of that for some time now. Yeah. Since she's known what pot smoking is, she's probably been like, oh, yeah, that's what my dad, that's what that smell is or whatever. And uh, But we never talked about it at all. And I figured... Now that she's 17, I think I even said earlier this year that I was like, next time she, if she brings it up to me again, I'm not going to lie to her anymore. Yeah. I'll be like, yeah, I do. And here's my story of it. You know, Wayne Rada. Yeah. I was texting Wayne. I was going to his house to go hang out on his roof and I was running late and I wasn't even doing this. I just made an excuse. When I texted him, I go, uh, hey man, I'm just rolling a few more joints and uh, heading over. You want anything from the deli? And then I put the phone down, finished doing whatever I was doing. I grabbed my phone. I see my daughter texting me, and I open the text, and it says, word up, dog. Grab me a sandwich. <laughs> oh and I wrote God. back. The best part is I wrote back the word, huh. Like, we were talking to each other. It's in the written word. I went, huh? <laughs> like, right. I, know like, exactly. I didn't say anything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Huh? I thought your mind goes through the whole track list of like, how can I say this? It's like, I didn't do that. Maybe, uh... Uh, maybe Christine grabbed my phone and was messing around or something. Yeah. And I was just, I went, huh? And then I went, uh, never mind. And I just called her. I was like, yeah, we had to have that conversation, I guess. Yeah, she's fine. I was able to have cool. it too. Like, she's, did, did, I don't think she, did she get upset or anything? Or? <laughs> Even sort of. Yeah. She actually she she wrote back pretty... and she goes, cool. She goes, I'll cancel that exterminator to get those skunks out of your house. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I guess she smelled it. I... Oh, we had her on the radio show the next day and we talked about it. Thank you so much to all of my Patreon members for supporting the podcast. All right, hold up. Could you take a little off, off the peas? You're hitting them too hard. The Not action. Thank you so much to all of my Patreon members for supporting the podcast. Hold on. Now you're whispering Patreon. Is there a reason oh. you're whispering? Well, you said to take the p. Somewhere like, in the middle. Okay, okay. You ready? Action. Thank you so much to all of my Patreon members. Now you got to pause. For those of you who don't know, Patreon members, is that okay? <laughs> it was perfect. Why did you stop? Oh, okay. Patreon members. Cut. Let's go back to the beginning. Thank you and so And action. Thank you so much to all my Patreon members for supporting the podcast. For those of you who don't know, Patreon members get early access to the podcast, ad-free episodes, and access to monthly live streams where we talk more about... All right, let's take it back to the beginning. That was perfect. Do it exactly like that. I just did it well, though, Except but why are you starting over? Thank you so much to all of my patron... Cut. Why are you screaming? Because I'm just trying to get through this. Action. Thank you so much to all of Action. my... Thank you so much to all of my Patreon members. For those of you who don't know, Patreon members get early access to the podcast. Perfect. Keep going. There's so many P's. Keep going. Keep going. Ad-free episodes. You could cut this out, right? For those of you who don't know, Patreon members get early access to the podcast, ad-free episodes, and access to monthly live streams where we talk more about being relatively sane. Hold up. Did we agree on monthly live streams? 
Yes, you told me I should do them because it'll get more members. I don't know how to do a monthly live stream. Don't you just talk in your phone? Uh, we'll figure it out. Come on, let's get through this. We have to go. We should okay. speed this up. All right. Thank you so much to all my Patreon members for supporting this podcast. For those of you who don't know, Patreon members get early access to the podcast, ad-free episodes, and access to monthly live streams. We don't know what that is, but whatever, where we talk about being relatively sane. If you want to join our fantastic community that is so corny, go to patreon.com slash Jessica Curson. That's patriot.com slash Jessica Curson. That's patreon. I think you said patriot.com. Go to petroleum.com, I mean, patreon.com slash Jessica Curson. That's patreon.com slash Jessica Curson. Patreon.com slash Jessica Curson. Thanks again. And cut. That's a wrap. Ugh. I, I was mean, like, yeah, you already knew, right? And she was like, yeah. That has a older kid, like a teenager, you know. Yeah. It's, yeah was that weird for you? Bosses are in their that, 20s and stuff. Yeah. It's weird. What's funny now is watching. Now my daughter's 17, so I can, not that I do very much, Christy, my girlfriend doesn't drink or anything, and I'm not really a big drinker, but like, I never drank for all those years, because I drove always. I had to drive because I had to go home at some point, like when she was a baby at 24 years old, and she was a baby, I had to go home and like feed her at three in the morning, that was my job. Right. And then Carla would do it at six in the morning, and then I would do it at nine in the morning, you know. I couldn't just do like, I'm going to go to LA for a couple weeks and see what pilot season does, I'm like, I have to make money here. Yeah, that's how I've always been. And it's just so funny seeing my friends now, Dave, Lewis, both, you know, Lewis seven years ago and Dave now a year ago. Uh, with their it's just funny. I was saying it earlier. They, they talk like I have no idea. Like, do you know how hard it is like with the baby and stuff? To, to, I'm like, yeah, I know. Yeah, you're like, I've been going through it for yeah, 17 I went through years. That. Yeah, I went through that when I was 26. And it only gets harder you know I mean? in certain ways, too, when they're teenagers. In certain yeah, ways, oh, it's yeah, different. Yeah. But Yeah, well, the good thing is like when she was little... When I, me and her mom split, she was 12. So that's a hard time because 12 is still yeah, that's, like. that's how old I was when my parents split. You have to like do the, uh, that loss of many things like sleep. Like mm -hmm. I, I got to go to at least a couple of her soccer games. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. I have to go. Where it's like now she still plays soccer at 17. And she's like, you know, she, she has soccer games on Sundays. And me and her have had the talk. I'm like, it's just an impossibility. For me to get to, yeah. I mean, I'd have to wake up at seven a.m. for some of these things to go out to Long Island. I was like, I just, I'm not getting home till three, four in the morning on a weekend. I know. If I'm, if I'm in the city, even you know, if I'm home, so like she, she gets it. But I think it's so great that you guys have such a strong relationship. It I really, hope so. I'm sure she keeps plenty from me. Uh, she always smirks, but I think I talk to her much more. And it's, again, it's not a dig on her mom. Her mom lives with her. You know what I mean? Like yeah, it's very different. It's a very, very different situation. But I, I have like, that with my oldest. I can hear when her mom like wants to believe everything she's saying. And like, I'll, I'll talk to her and definitely be like, I'm sure in five, six years you'll tell me what really happened the other day. <laughs> right, right. It's like, why? You needed an Uber at 9 o'clock from wherever that was. Like, I'm sure you'll lay it out for me one day. Yeah. But I do like, I'd be much more concerned if I thought if she's doing anything, like, whether it be drugs or drinking or anything. Her time is so accounted for that it's like it would be so. It wouldn't be anything worse than I did, and I don't think I was like a bad kid. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Were you a happy kid? Do you think? No. No, no, no. And then weirdly enough, like not very and, and very insecure, always fat. Got much heavier in my early twenties. I think even I didn't. Like, I did too. Which is very. It's so funny the way I eat now. I don't. I don't. I'm not really dieting or anything. And I definitely don't eat like super healthy at all. But I think if I just ate the way I ate now as a kid, I'd never would have had a problem. Yeah. 
Because if I eat pizza now, I eat two pieces of pizza. Does that make sense? Where yeah, it's but like, I think when, when you're I was a kid, kid I never even it, thought. I just you don't you don't think it. about it, and you use it to deal with shit. Like you just you don't even realize you're just eating. And I'd eat, be I, disappointed most of my life. Uh, pizza is such a good example because of the you know the shape of it, but it was like what well, was. Guarantee, uh, we were getting enough pizza that I was going to have four slices of pizza. Yeah. And I kind of hope no one eats all of their other pizza so there's another piece left that yeah. I'll go back to. I mean, two slices of pizza now, I'm definitely, if I eat a third slice of pizza, I know I'm like, I have to go like lay down. I don't feel good, you know? Yeah, you get sick. That's it's very odd. <laughs> it's very, very odd. But uh, I'm trying to remember the point I was making there. That's the pot. Uh, oh, the insecurity. of But I, I never read very much. It's what's made me, brought on, crippling sometimes I think uh, insecurity of stuff now is being on stuff so much I see myself constantly people post pictures I, I took know, over the weekend it's very people hard and I'm just like why did I stand like that in every picture why did no one tell me that my shirt's tucked under my tits you know what I mean like so all you, these things so you're the special kind of, I don't want, yeah, want me editing. too I haven't watched my special I can't they send me the editing I make them anything with my insecurity goes I'll only listen to the audio and I won't listen to raw audio. You have to send the audience also. When they send you is just it, the microphone, mostly, I'm like, I'm not going to put this out then because it sounds so like I'm bombing. it's not mostly look stuff. It's both. Like, do you no, get it's down mostly, at your... No, it's mostly, mostly look yeah. stuff. Yeah, my, my, this is not... And the thing is, people go, well, Jay, you sit down on stage. And I go, and I will not compromise that. But right. I hate looking at I myself. I like that you sit down on stage. I can't compromise my... I just saw that that was such a... When I was young, Bill Cosby himself, I just thought it was... I liked the presentate the pacing of the yeah. way you did it like that and then watching patrice go from standing on stage mm -hmm. to sitting on stage i think changed his comedy because he's such an imposing presence which mm -hmm. i think more so than me even but i know i'm a big guy and i feel like when i talk to the crowd so much as, as, as i do you're looming over them i think it's such a more like kids the one on their heels more than sitting down and being like it's hey, inviting you know, yeah, we're just playing. Yeah. yeah it's like it seems much more like we're just hanging out. It and also the looks shit. confident to be standing and performing and then sit down. Like it's a very confident thing. I yeah. Think. When they film me, God forbid, if I see it out of my corner of my eye too, like someone filming over here and you're like, I hate everything you're doing right now. Like I know. nothing you're doing is a good picture right now. Profile sitting. That's the nightmare. Were you complimented a lot? Because I wasn't. I, I think that's obviously a huge part of it. I was put down a lot, and I was not complimented. So I understand why I'm so hard yeah, on I myself. Get, I didn't get like I didn't get laid in high school at all. You know what I mean? It yeah. Was, I was never. I was always like the fuck. And they were happy to have me around. I was similar. I wasn't. I wasn't. Yeah. Necessarily with the the cream of the crop popular kids, but like I always kind of had my band of misfits. I was always a bit of. It'd be funny to hear a bunch of people argue over this. I was always a bit of a leader. So. But I was never like a leader, like, we're all, you know, mm -hmm. no one came to me for the thing, but I was always like the, kind of the center of a, of a web of like, I'm friends with these people and these, and we kind of bring them all uh, together. So I was always ahead of that. But people, I think, liked having me around because I was funny. Yeah. But it was never like, it was like, it was like the hot girls going like, oh my God, he's so funny. Let me show you my boyfriend. He's going to love you. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so did that change when you started doing comedy? Because then, like, the girls flocked to you, right? Did you experience no flocking? That? But I'll tell you, what was a terrible time to get uh, uh, pregnant and married. <laughs> oh, I know. Because that's exactly what and, I did. I got pregnant, married, and then all of a yeah. sudden, I am going whatever it may be. Just it, it wasn't even that it was like out of my league or not. I mean, as the years went through, it became much more like out of my league physically, like women, where you're like, what? Like this is actually happening. But in the beginning, it was didn't matter the level of like attractiveness it was just like wow it's being thrown every direction I can't believe it and I started trying to make up for lost time 
and then try to clear it up with a phone call like, hey, getting ready to go to bed. Love you. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, wife. Yeah, no, I, I get awful. that because when I've had women who have been very attractive be attracted to me, I, I've always said, like, why are they, this woman is way out of my league kind of thing. I brought up your ex last night uh, just because someone in the audience looked like her at Legion of Skanks. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. A Susan? Yeah, yeah, I know. All the male comics are obsessed that I was with Susan Powder. Um, I talked about it on Marin on, on yeah, WTF yeah. because he was he walked into the club at the comedy cellar and was like, who the fuck is that? Because she had on, you know, stripper heels and the whole well, thing. That was time too. She had like the dreads, like the long That's hair. when I was yeah, with yeah, her. Yeah, yeah. She was, yeah, beyond. That was I mean, the time. Yeah. She had tattoos everywhere and the dreads and barely any clothes on. And if you're on. an insecure person, were you every day like... Or were you? Do you get confident within the relationship? I was not confident in that one because she was so. She would wear the highest heels and like short skirts and and half t shirt, and I was like, it looked crazy. I mean, <laughs> I'm being honest. Like, I'm not I saying I'm not attractive, but it would. It was nuts. Like, I would walk in with this person that was just like, you know, she was a she was a stripper for years and a a kept woman. She was with a married man who used to pay her. <laughs> so it's like, I walk in with this stripper. So it, it kind of looked odd because I'm in like my Ralph Lauren button down with jeans on and I walk in with this woman in like a flowy dress with fake you know, boobs. And, and, and we're wrong, by the way. Because in what whatever, way? We're, like me and you are, our thought process is wrong because whatever their damage is, is the reason they're just as happy to be with you. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, Oh, she thought I was the great. I mean, she, she used to call me a king. She used to say I'm very royal. Like yeah, in my I, past, I was royal. She saw me in like a big chair. Tracy's laughing. I've dated a few girls, but where you're like, she did what say that. Doing? Yeah, like, yeah, but I'm I, I, not, not like I pedestal them as much as I would down myself. I'm like, oh, man, she's gonna figure it out someday. I know. Well, that's how I've always thought. Is like I keep myself low and put yeah. the other person next to me, I even know. if they're a killer. I still believe Christine's gonna catch me uh, without a tank top, sitting down one day. And be, <laughs> I love her a bag so much. When I'm away. Your girlfriend. She's gonna start packing a suitcase best. and be like, "Hey." And she doing? looks incredible. She's beautiful. She looks great. Yeah. She really. Is. How did you guys meet through the business? Yeah, she worked at. Uh, I didn't know where she worked at comics. Oh right. She said she had a crush on me there when I saw like long hair and everything, and uh, and then Kim Hanwack. Remember her? Yes. She told her that she's like, oh, he's married and stuff like that. So she just kind of like laid low and didn't do it. And then she started working at. We became more friendly when she worked at Stand Up New York. She was a manager. Mm-hmm for a while and that's when she reached out to me everyone just kind of bullshitted like she smoked cigarettes so we would like but nothing like flirty necessarily but she had reached out to me on Facebook or something it was like uh, I was getting I sold a one man show to Montreal yeah on concept it was I just threw him a handful I wanted to go to the festival so I was like uh, one man show and they were like, yeah, totally on that one-man show. And I was like, well, now i got to write a one-man show. <laughs> You're like, I don't have one minute of material. I have nothing. But I, well, I was yeah. like, how am I just going to basically make my stand-up yeah. some stories? And I went through a process, and I was like, I'm going to work it out. And this is when Wayne worked at CB's Comedy Club. Yeah. Remember that? Yes. Like, you know, he'll give me a night to like, you know, you run it this night as a run-through. And post it on social media, which I think was only Facebook at the time, maybe, or something. Or not only, but yeah. that was the one. I kind of remember this I was using, at CB's. It's I, so funny. I sent yeah. a thing out. I was like, you know, hey, come check out my one-man show. And she direct messaged me, and she goes, I'm sure it's probably sold out. And everything. She had no idea where I was in the business at all. She goes, I'm sure it's sold out. I was like, <laughs> You're like, I haven't sold one. Yeah. I'm like, sold out? No, I don't think anyone's coming. And I think I was right. I think when she came, her and her friend, 
Khalees Hawkins and like four old ladies that just wandered <laughs> in from street sales tickets. And I ran it. And I thought that was the end of it too. And then we just kind of like uh, kept talking. And then when I was, she found out I was like married, she was like steered pretty clear of that. And then she started working for CH Entertainment. Mm-hmm. And they picked me up as management at the time. And she was working. So we just around each other a bunch. And then it kind of progressed. And then it all fell apart at home. <laughs> yeah. Know, probably, yeah. You know, partially because of that and amongst other things. I'm I mean, sure I, it was a I lot of other things. I should have done it earlier, but financially, it was like, it was unfair to do that to my ex, for sure, stay as long as I did. But I also, like, I didn't think I had the money or the means to leave and see uh, my daughter every day. Right. That's this scary. Would have been possible. Yeah. This would have been so, like, unless I moved around the corner, which would have been more money. You know what I mean? So I was, there was enough room in that place. I kind of like lived in the basement. Well, what's interesting to me is that you showed up and stuck around even though your dad did what he did. I really believe, I think you either do the opposite or you, people oh, are just about like that their parents. In fact, when we were breaking up and I was feeling so, I felt horrible. I mean, it was my call essentially, yeah. but it was like, I felt terrible. Yeah, it's horrible and when like, you do uh, that. When my you grandmother to... actually made me uh, cry one time just saying, she was like, you're not your dad. Yeah. Like, because you're leaving, it's, it's, you know, I guess it's not ideal. And they didn't want me to. They were like, can you work this out? But they were like, when I was like, I don't want to, you know, they were like, well, you're not your, you know, you could not be your father. You don't have to like not show up at all. So I do my best. But yeah, even that, like I mentioned the soccer game still, like, I see so few of her soccer games. But what I do love about my daughter is like she's got enough of me in her life that like when I talk to her about that, I go, it's really just the most boring sport. And you're <laughs> right. the goalie. It's like you're doing the most boring thing on the most boring sport. <laughs> like, yeah. So it's like, I, do you know what I mean? Like, and she'll yeah. laugh that off. She doesn't care if I go to because you because she knows you're around. She doesn't. Well, yeah. yeah. But it's like we go like you know I take her to like Sixers. You know, we we just like we bond over uh, plenty of stuff. And when like, when you found out you love. were gonna have a kid, did you say I'm because that's what I did. I was like I'm gonna show up. And be around because I don't want to ever have Zoe, my oldest, feel abandoned. Even though she doesn't live with me, I stayed on Long Island to be near sure. her. I stayed in her life because I made a commitment to it. That was it. I Yeah. No, completely, for sure. I mean, like I said, my daughter has a sister. It's not my daughter that, like, you know, she's part of the family. Now, what are you going to do? You know what I mean? Like... It's not my kid, but we'll make sure nothing's wrong with her either, which is which Yeah, is great. it's so interesting because Zoe has a little sister, Harper, who's not my kid, but yeah. I feel, like, attached to her because she's Zoe's sister. Well, you're just like, if you're taking... You know, age matters in this, too. My daughter's way older than her sister, but, you know, if it gets to an age where it makes sense where it's like, hey, I'm going to take uh, Isabella on a great adventure or something, if... You know, her sister was like an age that could go to great. I'm like, well, of course we're bringing her. That'd be so shitty to not bring her to. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. Plus, I think her dad sucks too. The other oh, one. <laughs> I know. We've talked about that. Yeah, I think that's just. That's so great. I give you a lot of credit because sticking around, showing up, being young when you had a kid. And, and making that commitment, and also because your dad didn't, so you didn't have a lot to. I mean, I know you had a stepfather who was yeah, great, yeah. but still, we don't know sometimes. Like, I didn't know how to be a mother. I really was like, what the fuck am I doing? Yeah. How do you do this? I was petrified. A similar thing where it's like, I didn't know what I was, but in hindsight, it's all hindsight in it really, because you're like, was I really? Like, I was not a very good, like, uh, you know, I've seen, I've seen fathers, like, you know, there's different kinds of people. I've seen like the khaki pants wears a sweater on a weekend, you know, yeah. person, dad, who's like, 
uh, we, I got on the science kit and we're going to go through this science. Yeah. My daughter was much more like, fuck science. Like, watch this funny cartoon. You know, it's like get her in like Family Guy and horror movies when she was like six. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like things well, that Well, it's like, just the, re- it's the love it's and the relationship. It's just like whatever it is. I'm like, yeah, we're still hanging. I don't know. It's like, I would, <laughs> we used to just like, her projects, like school projects, that anything required like art or building something, we just get down to the wire and I'm like, let me help you with it. Let's just do it so we can get back to this. We're in the middle of this Lego Indiana Jones video game. I love that. Do you know well, what I'm saying? Yeah, so it's, it's, like, it's her knowing that there, you're there no like, matter what. It's not classic, uh, you know. Well, mine isn't. I, I don't think I any of us. Right word, yeah. I don't. Honestly, I don't know many comics who have that traditional family life. Maybe like Gaffigan or I don't know. I don't either at all. In some way, like my daughter was probably a little more unruly, even in that regard, because of. The unconventional thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, did she go on the road with you a lot? No, never. She no, didn't? Never, no, I never brought on the road at all. Yeah. I, I, don't know. I a, haven't I, done I see, that a lot Lu- either. Lewis has brought uh, his son out to like Los Angeles and stuff like that. She's been to LA with our friends. She went and stayed for a while. But like for me on the road, it's like I'm just working. I don't know what she would do during the day. I think she, I think now at her age now, but the problem is now she has like soccer on Saturday and so, you know she's always involved. And yeah. Stuff. But uh, I wouldn't know. She would be fun. It's interesting when it comes to stand up. Whenever I think of you, I'm like, oh, Jay always loves performing and doesn't have a lot of shitty shows. Like that's how I, I know that's from the outside. It's sure. not. I don't think I have a ton of shitty shows. Yeah, either. I don't mean like not laughing. I just mean like you being like, ugh. Oh, Phil, like you're I off. Have to I mean, that happens plenty. Yeah, that does happen. But I mean, like the audience. I don't know what the audience is any the wiser for it. If you feel like you're off a step or something, because mm-hmm. I said that in front of Christine, and she'd be honest enough. I was like. I was just off. I was just like a beat off that whole show. And she was like, you didn't read that That happens to me all the time. So like, well, I, good. I mean, I'm happy. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not coming off to self-wallow. But no, it was bad. I'm like, or the crowd didn't seem to notice that. Great, you know. Yeah, because you're just a killer. I mean, you, people say to me a lot, like, oh, no one wants, I'm like, no one wants, you're another person they say that oh, about constantly that. that people don't want to follow. The company was, uh, it was you, Greer Barnes, people don't like following. Yeah, that's another one. Godfrey. Godfrey, Sherrod. We'll turn it up a bunch. Yeah, yeah the two like, of us and three black men. Yeah, that's you know, <laughs> well, you that's know, a good group to be I'll in. I'll tell you what's funny about that. When I passed the... I started in the black comedy circuit and carried a lot of that over with me when I first got to the mainstream clubs. Keith Robinson kind of brought me, Kevin Hart, and, and Kurt up. And when I auditioned at the comic strip, when I got past Starla, remember Starla? I remember when you came. Yeah. Like I Literally like it was yesterday. And, it's uh, so crazy. And then they put me through to Lucian and... When he passed me, his fingers were falling off. It was all crazy looking. <laughs> oh it was crazy. He was, a, he was a skeleton by that point. This was the booker of the comic strip for everyone. And he had a disease where like... Scleroderma. His, oh, it was horrible. So weird to watch. His hands... But he didn't like my comedy, so I was a little like, oh, Fuck I him. hope the pinky goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was, well... I'm joking. I, I mean, I am, but I'm not. He, he was passed, very mean to he was, me. He was a nasty guy. Yeah, he's he like, was. you're not funny and you'll ever make it. I'm like, nose is next. I see it coming. And then he fucked lunatic into... What's her name? Hollingshead. <laughs> he he just was not a. He would say things like, "I." He would literally. Can you imagine saying this now? He'd say, "I already have two black women that work here, and you're black, so you can't." But he would he would say things that for now yeah. he would get arrested. Oh, uh, so I mean, he, so he, what he said to me was, mm-hmm. so the next weekend I saw him there. Right away they started giving me like, uh, remember they would call it like check spot, but it wasn't a guaranteed spot. It was well, it was it was like a five minute six minute check spot Mm -hmm. but what was cool about the comic strips at that time plan was that if you if you uh were there you'd be there all night 
Those right, are, I you, remember you were that. supposed to be yeah. what you were doing. You were being paid twenty five dollars a show to pinch hit in case somebody was late or didn't show up. And at that time, the late show always had a, a Maceo or a Reggie McFadden would not show up. They would miss their spots regularly, and I would just sit there. That's how ultimately how me and Carla met my ex wife. She was a waitress. There. I remember, and I'd yep. be there all day. On Friday and Saturday, those twenty-five dollars spots—that was basically how I made my money. People don't realize what we do. I mean, I think you know so fans of yours who listen and yeah. fans that have listened to me, but it's hell. You're sitting somewhere all night, seven for p.m. No money for no money, nothing, and you might not even get on stage. So I, I would rely on that completely, and then I, I was enjoying that. I was working there, and I could do the late-night spots. And when I saw Lucian, I was like. I'm gonna give him like a nice like personal thank you. That's like thanks for working me so much. I appreciate. Or no, I, I think it was a. Uh, he actually started putting me in spots, uh, like actual spots he was giving mm-hmm. me, which was like a, that was the new thing up from those check spots. And I was like, I'm gonna thank him for that. I go, Lucian, I just want to say I really have such a good time with the spots. It's so. Neat. And he turns around. He's like the remember back to school. Yeah, I know exactly. Do you know who he is? Yeah. He's like a guy like that. He's like a guy who wears leather gloves and a scarf with like a blazer with arm mm-hmm. pad. He was that guy and like a cabbie hat. He was just a. He looked like a jerk off of a guy. Yeah. And his personality was much to match. And he goes, not to speak ill of the dead, but oh, I please. give this heartfelt apology. Not a apology. A heartfelt like a thank you. You know. Uh, and he, as he walks away, almost over his shoulder, he goes, "Well, normally I'd put a Latino or colored comedian in that spot." But uh, you seem to have that energy, so, you know, whatever. And just turn I, his back and keep walking away, and you're like, you're welcome. <laughs> and he and he did talk like that. Yeah. He had and when he, no uh, life in him. And then he stopped well, looking at me. Well, normally I'd put a colored person. Yep. That's how he talked. He called me. Or I he was like him. diarrhea. His whole existence was like one big have bowl you done, of diarrhea. <laughs> have you done this too with uh, bookers? When you were relying on spots like solely... And they're not booking you for a while, like where you have to do the like, did I say something or make? You of, mad? Course, yeah, of course, everyone's done that. Everyone. Did I do something to bother you? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I did. That. I used to do it to SD all the time, and one time with him, I went. This is one of his deathbed. This was a few weeks before he died because they reinstated me very quickly yeah. after that. Greg Judge took over and right away called me because they knew me so well because my relationship with my ex-wife started that. You know, right. I, was, like, I was very involved in that yeah. place, and he fixed, but. Before he died, I called. And I was like, Lucian, I, mean, I haven't been there in weeks. I was like, I've been home. I'm, I'd love to come in the club. And he goes, yeah, I'm not going to be working you anymore. He goes, the industry doesn't seem interested in you yeah. whatsoever. And I went, what do, you, what do you mean? He goes, the festivals. And I went, I'm, I just got new faces at... Like Which I'm is going. the biggest thing for anyone who's listening. It's like, the biggest thing to get new faces. Like I'm going to. Or maybe at the Montreal was, I Comedy Festival. I think it was Nasty Show. I think I was back on Nasty Show. Yeah, it's just a huge deal to get that. Yeah, I was just like, I, I, but everything he kept saying, he goes, and television is not really whatever. Yeah, this is on his deathbed, right? Yeah, and yeah. I think like I had booked Z-Rock at that point. It was like a small thing on, a, on an IFC channel. But I was like, I just like, I am making like, one thing, I, I never got the big big thing but I always got the little the premium blend I always got the little steps yeah, you were supposed me to get too. when you were supposed yeah. to get them just never like the mm-hmm. the oomph and I was like I give him all these I'm like turning and he just goes I have to he goes and I just have to make I always remember forget the names because it's not even a dig on them at all because uh, yeah uh, but he goes I have to make room for like the Dana Dudes and Marina Franklin's of the way the I know words. he always used to say that and to me just, too and to pit you against somebody the, and I yeah. go because in your mind you're like 
by what you've described, you wouldn't even put me on the same spot that they're like. And I was like, okay. And yeah, I was, he was not a I nice was so person. And I went down to the cellar that I just got into the cellar, I think, too. And everyone was like, dude, that's just like a dying. I mean, Keith started laughing so hard at it right away that, like, that's the beauty of that time at the comedy cellar that's just gone now. Was you'd go there and you'd feel better because they would rip in. It would be the conversation all night about that. And yeah. Up, and you start laughing and having a good time. You're like, yeah, it doesn't matter. Who gives a shit? And he died like three And when you're later. going through through it, it's horrific. But then you realize it's really... Not. I can't even step foot in that place. It's, it's so traumatic it, it, for it, me. It's a train... I don't go... I'm not, I'm not welcome there since the William yeah. Stevens thing. When you're, that, when you're that reliant on a club, like when, when they reject you, it's hitting on so many levels. It's not just the club's rejecting you. You realize, God damn, is my life really reliant on... Yeah, it's very depressing. Uh, uh, like a little pinch of cash given to me after a spot. You're yeah. like, is my life so reliant? It's like, I, I'm beholden to these people because of that. I know. I know. It's great. And I have and to apologize for things I'm not sorry for. That's why and it's all so much stuff. better now that you have the radio show, the fans. Esty you're, you're used to run me over the ringer. fucking amazing. <laughs> so you weird. are. They Thank run you. everyone over the ringer. It's, it's so horrible. so weird. They think, like, why are you making me work so hard to be here? It's just an odd thing. Because they know that we'll take it because we're so insecure, most of us. It's so depressing. We will take it, yeah. I still want Esty to like me, and she has done all but tell me she is not a fan of what I do. Yeah, I still <laughs> want my mother to hug me and not pat my back at the end. Yeah, bro. Um, <laughs> I'm so glad that you are doing my podcast. I, I love you, you dearly. Me. We're going to do some stuff for Patreon that, o- that only, you know, if you want to hear this and watch it on Patreon then you can um, Jay and I are going to get naked and do some things that we've been talking about for years um, it's time to stop it's time to put up or shut up yeah Christine's on her way <laughs> and uh, you can please listen to Bonfire it's the best show on Siri I really I could listen to it all day and all night I think oh, it's incredible you. you're both fucking brilliant and your chemistry is the best and legions of skanks and What's your website again? BigJcomedy.com. Yeah, Big Jake. I would have said the comedy of Big Jake. Like, I always say things yeah. wrong. BigJcomedy.com. He's all over social media. Your fans are the best. For all the fans that are listening to this from Bonfire and Legion of Skanks, thank you for your support because you follow Jay and Dan and you've com- been coming to my shows and stuff and you're just amazing comedy fans. Um, I'm glad they do. That's great. Yeah, and I'm the hawk, and they know it. <laughs> the hawk. Yeah, the disgusting hawk. Hog. It's really hog, but he said hog. It's just the fuck. That was one of my favorite half Me hours too. of radio I've Me ever too. been a part of. I laughed so hard. Just, just stealing a, a bitchy girl from the audience, snapping her, <laughs> going into the yeah, skies. Yeah, and putting paper down when I get on stage. <laughs> I love you. Thank you so much I for love doing you too. this.